I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, Episode 81. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week, I chose Finding Favor's song, Cast My Cares, as a jumping off point to lead us to scripture. I love it when the lyrics of a song reflect God's word, word for word. And I knew that they were singing about 1 Peter 5, 7, which says, Casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you when they sing this chorus. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. I will cast my cares on you. I'll trade the troubles of this world for your peace inside my soul. My approach this week was to take in the big picture, watch the whole movie. I wasn't going to go in and do a scene selection, but try to take it in all at once. Now, 1 Peter is a letter, and it's a fairly short one at that, so it makes sense to read it all at once like a letter. There are many sections that you can unpack, but it's really not meant to be consumed one verse or paragraph at a time but as a whole. So I used a Bible interaction tool that I often instruct you to use, and that is to put on my audio version, my Bible on version. I use the version app, and there's an audio version setting, and I started listening to 1 Peter. It takes less than 20 minutes for the guy to read it out loud to me. So then I had to restart it because my mind was not prepared to stop thinking whatever it was that it was thinking. My direction in my mind was just all over the map. I was unable to even focus on the scripture that was read. I can't even, couldn't even remember what he said. So be encouraged. You are not the only one with lists and racing thoughts crowding out the truth of God's word in your mind. So I stopped and I asked God in prayer to help me listen diligently and I started it all over again. So when you fall, get up. If the enemy has, to, if all he has to do is distract us just a little bit, we will continue to miss out on the great things of God. And I believe he has great things for us. So when I restarted the audio version to get myself focused, I actually repeated the words that the narrator was speaking until I could really feel my mind connect to the words being spoken. So don't be afraid of practical things to interact with God's word in new ways. Reading aloud is another Bible interaction tool that is very effective. Now, I couldn't really read aloud at this point. I was driving, but I repeated the words for a few verses out loud and it did the trick. So something that God is teaching me is that if I want to experience him in ways that I've never experienced him before, 
I must be willing to do things I've never been willing to do before. So try it. So again, I prayed to God to help me focus. And of course, focus is the opposite of distraction, which is the state that I have been living in lately. A complete state of distraction. I've been taking some practical steps to try to eliminate some of the noise in my life. I have unsubscribed from emails, uh, which is funny because I ask you to subscribe to my email list. And then in turn, I might actually be adding to the noise of your life. But basically, I just started to limit my sources of content to either those that I pay for or those that are leading me to the goals that I have set for my life. And I can't tell you how freeing this has been for me. I was just deleting the emails anyway, but by um, so every once in a while, one of them would draw me in and distract me. So now they can't because they're not there. And I feel so much freer now that I don't have nearly the content to wade through, even if I was just deleting them. So if my emails are just noise, delete me, unsubscribe. But if you need to be led to an ultimate goal of picking up God's word for yourself and reading it for yourself, please consider subscribing. I want to help. So anyway, here I am distracted and I wanted to get focused. And in a physical sense, focus gives us clear visual definition. I I kind of picture like a camera or a projector when you kind of move the focus button and tell it You know, and sometimes it's just a little off, but you move it just a little bit and then that clarity comes in focus. And what we're looking at is not fuzzy when it's in focus and it can represent this center of interest, you know, where everything else seems to fade away, where the distractions get fuzzy, the distractions get fuzzy so that you can clearly see what you're interested in. And that leads right into what I began to hear as I began to listen to first Peter Peter wrote this letter to remind the reader of what our center of interest should be, where our focus should be, and that is our heavenly inheritance and our salvation. And he begins his letter of instruction with, um, it's, it's, there's lots of instructions in this letter. There's a few challenges in this letter. There's a lot of encouragement, but he begins with the end in mind. And here he is in chapter one, verse three, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. I love that word. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So Peter begins with the end in mind. We have a heavenly inheritance waiting for us. That gives us a clear visual definition of what we are to be focused on. All the other things he's about to discuss should remain fuzzy in the background as we focus intently on the end, this pure and undefiled inheritance beyond the reach of change and decay. Verse 9 says it this way, the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Unfortunately, we live in a world of the here and now that can distract us from this ultimate goal of eternal salvation. When we can focus and it becomes clear, it brings joy and hope. But in the day to day, we can really be in a war. Not what I would have chosen. But 
So in the beginning of this letter, Peter focuses us on the important thing, that center of interest that is most important to God, which is our salvation and our heavenly inheritance. And then in verse 13, it says, therefore, in some translations. In other words, because all this is true, now that you're clear, this is what you need to do. Now, I studied in the New King James Version this week, and that's another Bible interaction tool, by the way. Read and study in a variety of translations, because depending upon which version you read, new things will jump out at you. The New King James uses, uses words that are not so familiar in our daily language, so I rarely use it here on the podcast. But this week it worked in my favor because it caused me to dig a little deeper when this particular phrase I'm getting ready to talk about was used, because it starts out in verse 13 by saying, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, another Bible interaction tool. I'm just loading you up with Bible interaction tools today. But another Bible interaction tool that I recommend is to have a study journal. It doesn't have to be this Dear Diary type of journal. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just a notebook that you can grab and jot down thoughts. Um, It needs to be available so that you can jot down questions, thoughts, revelations, or in this case, a list. So I had my journal handy and I wrote, therefore, real big across the top of my page and made a list based on the scripture I was reading. And so number one, gird up the loins of your mind. And then I added the question, how? And I moved on to number two, be sober. And I left a space after both number. I left spaces after all of these because I wanted to do a little bit more research on what this means, and I knew I would want to go back in and add my thoughts later. So I didn't just put them all each on a line. I left some space in between. Then number three, rest your hope, and and hope. It's just such a powerful word, and I had already seen it in chapter one, and I knew I wanted to look into it. Shows up in the chorus of our song, so I wrote that down. Number three, rest your hope. Number four, don't conform. Because I kept reading. I kept reading from verse 13. Um, So this actually came from my reading through verse 16, these next few. Don't conform. Number five, be holy. Number six, be purified by obedience. So with my heavenly inheritance and ultimate salvation clearly in focus, that's in the center of my mind. That's the center of my interest. I need to gird up the loins of my mind, be sober, rest my hope, Don't conform, be holy, and be purified by obedience. Now, I think it makes a big difference to first clearly put in focus the end. And it's not that I don't have to endure between now and there. But when that is in focus and my current circumstances are blurry, then it's easier to follow Peter's advice. Because I tend to focus on the circumstances. I don't know about you. I tend to lose focus. The end starts to get blurry and my current circumstances take over. So that's why I'm saying begin with the end in mind and then those circumstances get blurry. So what is it to gird up the loins of your mind? 
Other translations simply say, prepare your mind. So this is where I love that I was reading in the New King James because I, I might have missed it if I wasn't reading in a different version this time. The actual Greek word is literally to gird up the loins. <laughs> That's why it was translated that way. It's a picture of taking your tunic, which is this traditional garb of the time, and tying it up and out of the way so that you can get somewhere without impediment. It implies that there will be active work, that you would gird up the loins when you need to go somewhere without delay. I love that. So to gird up my mind would mean that I tie up all the loose ends that might impede the quick thinking that might be required. To tighten everything up so that my mind can go places without distraction or anything holding me back. And even though it doesn't specifically tell me how, I believe that clearly focusing on the end and reviewing that end goal, focusing my mind on my heavenly inheritance and my salvation, keeping the main thing the main thing so that my mind stays tight and prepared for quick response so I don't get tripped up on other things, you see? So then he goes on for a few chapters after this to talk about things that might be like that flowing tunic in their mind that might be like a tripping hazard for them, keeping these believers from getting to that mental place that they need to be. When you read First Peter for yourself, you're going to see that they are enduring great trials, suffering. They're enduring persecution because of, our, of their faith, and, and that's hard. And, and you'll see that they're enduring the opposition of those in authority over them. And he goes on to make a list of governmental opposition, bosses or masters, even spouses. They're flat out suffering. So it will serve them well to remain focused on their heavenly inheritance and their salvation, staying mentally tied up tight, girding the loins of their mind. And it'll serve us well as too. The second thing I put on my list was to be sober. And literally, it means not under the influence of alcohol. But of course, it can take on this metaphorical meaning of clear judgment. And when I looked it up in the Greek, it said the opposite of irrational. So when your mind is tied up tight so that you can make quick, active movements, be sure that those quick, active movements are clear and rational, that they are circumspect, which I had to look that up, which means be wary and unwilling to take unnecessary risks. So be sober. Use clear judgment. Then third, you can rest your hope fully upon the grace that is going to come at the revelation of Christ. What? I mean, I have grace now. There's going to be even more at Christ's revelation. I can rest my hope on the fact that there's going to be even more grace being lavished with more of what I do not deserve. That's a great place to to, uh, rest my hope. And then verse 3 says that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Christ. So again, I saw hope. And our song speaks of the anchor of my hope being Christ. And there's a verse in Hebrews chapter 6, 19 that really talks about that. You could look that up on your own. So let's, let's look at our verses again. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. So we've girded up our minds, we're sober-minded, we're resting our hope fully upon the grace that is coming, and then we, number four, don't conform. Out of, our be- out of obedience to our loving Heavenly Father, who has our best interest at heart, 
We don't conform to the sinful ways we lived in before. We now have an understanding of God's truth through his word before we were in ignorance and now we know better. I don't care where you are in your walk. Whatever you have been taught from God's word as truth, you are now responsible for that amount of truth. You are now no longer ignorant of the way to live in that area. So don't go back to the former lusts. In fact, number five, he says, be holy. It should be represented in your conduct, he says, the way you act, the visible behavior that other people can see. Be holy. Then he goes on for a few verses to explain exactly why. It's a great explanation. I recommend you read it on your own. But eventually we get to verse 22, and this is what I wanted you to hear. Since you have been purified, your, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. We are prepared with the loins of our minds being girded. We're sober. We're resting on hope, on the right thing. We're not conforming to the way we were before we knew better. We're holy in our conduct. So now it all comes back to love. How did we purify our souls? This verse says, by obeying the truth through the Spirit. So now we must love. We must love with a sincere love. We must love fervently. We must love with a pure heart. With focus and self-discipline, we are girding our minds. We're guarding our hearts and we're guiding our lifestyle. Because it's bad enough out there without pulling each other apart among the family of believers. Yes, it may mean that you won't get your way so that you can go ahead and get along. I'm going to give up my way to get along. Yes, it may mean that you sacrifice being right in quotation marks so that you can preserve the relationship. It starts to get blurry. Being right gets blurry because you're focused on your heavenly salvation, your heavenly uh, inheritance and your eternal salvation. Yes, it may mean that you will have to endure sufferings that you do not deserve. But in light of the center of our interest, in light of the heavenly inheritance and salvation of our souls, it's worth it. So what about our theme verse? How does it fit in? Well, we began at the beginning of the letter where Peter began with what was most important. So let's see how he wraps it all up. That's where we'll find our verse that this song so eloquently sings about. Chapter 5 of 1 Peter, where we find our verse, begins with an exhortation to elders, the leaders of believers, the overseers of the Christian family. These would be our pastors and our teachers and our church leaders of our day, okay? He gives some serious instructions to them. And then to younger people, younger than the elders, I suppose, he just reminds them to submit to the authority of their elders. Then Peter goes on to say, all of you be submissive to one another. So in other words, despite the role, despite the age, we've got to work together. We're all responsible for keeping our eye on the prize. And we do it all with humility. Verse 5 says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Isn't that interesting? Our verse that we're singing about is tucked in there where we are to submit to the authority over us, to 
submit to the family of God around us and ultimately just submit to being under the mighty hand of God, casting all our care upon him, not each other, but him because he cares for you. I hope you saw it. If you feel like someone or something is keeping you down, look carefully. It is the mighty hand of God that and he may use interesting people and circumstances to do it. But you are to humble yourself under his mighty hand that he may exalt you in due time. So cast your cares on him. He is the anchor of our hope. He is the answer and he cares for you. I want to close with a blessing from 1 Peter 5.10. I want to pray this over you. May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So what's next? If you've been a listener for any length of time, I think you can probably predict what I'm about to say. So why don't you go ahead and decide right now that you're going to do it. Decide right now that you will read all of 1 Peter. Try using the tools I use this week. Listen to the audio version of it. Read it out loud. Pray before reading and try it in a new version. Or better yet, try it in several versions over several times. I just scratched the surface of this powerful letter of instruction from someone who had suffered. Peter made some pretty embarrassing choices too, and he had matured in the Lord. So while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. I'm on Twitter and Facebook as well. Let's talk about what you're learning. And before I tell you what song I will be featuring next week, I want to shout out to the communications director of a dear church in Alberta, Canada, to Debbie from Virginia, Jay from Alabama, Sarah from Michigan, Patricia from Texas, Evelyn from British Columbia, Nicole from Mississippi, Eric from Ohio, Michael from South Carolina. These are all my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I will email you once a week, and in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can even print it out, and you'll get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the resources I create for my podcast. Sometimes I'll create extra resources for the week. It's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. And don't miss an episode of my podcast by subscribing in iTunes. While you're there, please leave me a written review and star rating. This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. As always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Pat Sarabia, 1973, who says the podcast reminds me that God has everything under control. Yes and amen. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use a request by one of my listeners, Caleb. We'll use From the Day by I Am They to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 81. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.